The following program has been pre-recorded. Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to be joined by my co-host, David Blackman, as well as our guest, Fahad Nazar, who is the official spokesperson to the Embassy of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in Washington, D.C. But before I bring him on, I wanted to talk to you quickly about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. You know, it is dedicated to women in the energy industry, the November-December issue, in which the cover is Myrtle Jones, Vice President of Halliburton. And she has an amazing story of determination, drive, a wonderful education, and a superstar when you read her story. I encourage you to go to shalemag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and read all about Myrtle and, of course, all the other interesting articles that are inside of the November-December issue of Shell Magazine. And speaking of Shell Magazine, I'd also like to encourage our listeners to contact us if you are interested in getting the new 2021 media kit. You know, it's the holidays, and we're all enjoying time with our family and friends. But I would also like to mention that it's also a great opportunity for us to sit and back for a little bit and think about how we are going to start the new year off right for our businesses. If you are wanting to market to the oil and gas, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com and request a media kit in which you will find all of the editorial content that is scheduled for 2021. And it also will give you an opportunity to think about how you're going to advertise your company to the oil and gas sector or to the general public. For more information on a media kit or to learn more about Shell Magazine and how you can advertise with them, please go to shale.com and request a media kit. And now it's time to bring on our guest, Fahad Nassar, who is the official spokesperson for the Embassy of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in Washington, D.C., Fahad, welcome to End the All Patch Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me on. Fahad, this is the first time that we've had you as a guest on our radio show. I'd like to give an opportunity for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. You are appointed as the official spokesperson for the Embassy of Saudi Arabia to the United States. So tell me a little bit about your background and uh, your role. Right, so people have a lot of questions about the duties uh, of a spokesperson, and in many ways the spokesperson wears uh, various hats, but I spend much of my time fielding inquiries from journalists about various developments in the kingdom, Uh, but I also do a fair amount of public speaking. I do a fair number of um, media interviews just like this one, to shed light on the importance of the uh, Saudi-U.S. relationship, which in many ways is multidimensional, and to shed light on why it has continued to strengthen, uh, to deepen, and to broaden over the past 75 years. In interviewing you and preparing for the show, um, I did hear a couple of interviews that um, you gave with other media sources. 
It's a very delicate time right now. There's a lot of moving parts in oil and gas on a geopolitical, global sense, if you will. And obviously, Saudi Arabia uh, is an ally to the United States. So the discussion that, you know, David and I want to get into is more of, you know, is there change coming? How has OPEC uh, responded in the past versus is there going to be change in the future? Let's start with the current situation at Saudi Arabia, the production capacity, and the scale of its oil reserves. Can you, can we start there? Right. So uh, the kingdom is the biggest uh, exporter of uh, crude uh, globally. The um, I mean, the, the two points that I really want to stress, uh, I think, at the outset for sure, is that the kingdom has always put a, a high premium on uh, stable international energy markets. It has always also promoted moderate prices that are fair to both uh, producers and consumers. And it has always stressed the importance of burden sharing among uh, producers for the long-term stability of the markets. Now, obviously, Saudi Arabia is a very important member of OPEC, but we don't speak on behalf of the organization uh, as a whole because obviously there's a number of other member nations there. However, we did play, I would say, the main, the, the, uh, an instrumental role in the fact or in orchestrating what was a historic OPEC plus agreement back in uh, April 12th, mm-hmm. which reduced global oil productions by um, about 12.5 million barrels a day. Uh, we have also secured commitments from uh, G20 nations for another 3 million barrels. Not only that, but we have actually gone well beyond our own commitments and just announced that we are reducing our production by an additional 1 million barrels a day, bringing our total cuts to 4.8 million barrels a day from April production levels. Some of the media coverage prior to some of these announcements have probably put you very much in the hot seat. And uh, so, you know, understanding and hearing a lot of the oil reserves and what you guys are, are uh, cutting uh, is, I, you know, probably a very good path forward. David, I'd like to bring you on. I know you had a couple of questions. Yes, and, and thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. This is a rare opportunity for us. Um, I wanted to, to ask you, and I think it's important for our audience to understand, too, the, the role that the oil revenues to Saudi Arabia play uh, in the funding of the government and, and the social services state uh, that, that the kingdom operates for the population there. Can you talk about how the, the, this crash in oil prices is impacting uh, the kingdom's ability to actually finance uh, its government operations. Right. So there's no question that the Saudi economy, just like the U.S. economy and every economy around the world, has been negatively impacted by this uh, pandemic that we are all dealing with as we speak. The uh, finance minister of Saudi Arabia a couple of days ago gave a lengthy interview where he did say that the... uh, low global oil prices have indeed decreased government revenues that have led to a budget deficit at the same time non-oil gdp has also gone down because of the fact of uh, reduced economic activities at the same time we are trying to we launched a stimulus package 
to help the sectors and the companies and the individuals that have been hard hit by this to uh, so that they can withstand and and uh, survive what has been a very uh, tough economic impact so absolutely what i think what has been lost in the conversation a little is the fact that saudi arabia has not only been impacted by this adversely but we have done everything we can to do two things. One, we have done everything we can to stabilize global markets and global prices, and we have done that through the uh, this historic OPEC Plus agreement that I mentioned earlier. At the same time, we are, I think, just as importantly, we are playing a very important role in doing everything we can to help and galvanize the international community in addressing the pandemic from a public health standpoint. So as it happens, we are actually the president of the G20 group this year. And in that capacity, we convened a special virtual summit in March to focus the world's attention on the pandemic and to work towards a more coordinated international response. So after the meeting, the member nations, uh, which include the United States, by the way, and China and the UK and, and a number of other uh, top economies, the nations resolved to share critical information that will help us understand how this virus spreads and obviously will help us understand and, and help uh, control how it is sorry how it spreads and that will enable us to to stop it they uh, also resolved to spend more money on uh, on vaccines and diagnostics and therapeutics the kingdom itself alone has pledged 500 million dollars to three different international organizations to help uh, expedite and move forward the, the international community's effort to not only treat it, but also to find a vaccine. So we're doing everything we can from multiple angles to, uh, to try to mitigate the impact of this. Fahad, when we come back from break, I want to revisit uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the historical and current relationship we have with the United States, because I think as as uh, you know, we saw this drop in price, and for the first time in history, we went into a negative in the United States on the price of uh, a barrel of oil. I think we had a little bit of some emotional reactions from from people in the energy sector, and it really took a downward turn here in the United States. But I think uh, the process of looking at the historical process that we've had with the kingdom in the past and current might give our listeners a little bit of an understanding of uh, the history that's there and how we are an alliance or have an alliance with Saudi Arabia. We do have to take a quick break. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kim Bilotto, wanting to talk to you about how to age gracefully. As a woman, my appearance is important to me. It makes me feel good about myself when I feel I'm taking care of myself. And I have been visiting a woman for many years who has helped me with my wrinkles, my skin's elasticity. And you know, a lot of people think it's really just involving women, but it's not. Many, many men also seek treatments as they see the aging process occurring. I visit Cynthia, my friend of many years, who is a master injector for San Antonio Cosmetic Surgery. I feel very comfortable going to her and allowing her to just do her work on me. Pick up the phone, call Cynthia, make an appointment, and see what she can do for you because it has taken years off of me. So if you want a free consultation with Cynthia, give them a call at 210 210- 
210-614-4320. Again, the number is 210-614-4320. Or you can visit their website at sanantoniocosmeticsurgery.net. Be sure to tell them that Kim within the Oil Patch Radio Show sent you. Do you know what artificial intelligence can do for your operation? It's probably time to find out. With Aspen Tech software, your business can harness the full power of AI to achieve new levels of performance. Aspen Tech's leading-edge solutions are a critical part of the world's largest oil and gas, chemical, and engineering companies, helping them improve safety, sustainability, reliability. Drawing on decades of industry experience, Aspen Tech is using AI, machine learning, and predictive analytics to help companies digitally optimize the design, operation, and maintenance of their facilities. Find out how Aspen Tech can help you win tomorrow with the technology of today. Learn more at www.aspentech.com forward slash AI. And we're back. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Fahad Nazar, who is the official spokesperson for the Embassy for Saudi Arabia in D.C., Washington, D.C. Fahad, before the break, we were talking about the kingdom, how what you guys have endured pertaining to the drop of oil prices and your commitment, your government's commitment, what you guys are trying to do. Uh, you know, we have COVID-19 that has changed the world in, in how we know it or how we have known it in the past. I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit about the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the historical relationship that you guys have with the United States, as well as the current relationship with the United States. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So as it happens, this year happens to be the 75th anniversary of the first meeting between the late King Abdulaziz al-Saud, the founder of modern-day Saudi Arabia, and the late President Franklin Delano Roosevelt aboard the uh, USS Quincy in the uh, Suez Canal. And in the 75 years since that meeting, the uh, relationship had, has continued to strengthen and to deepen and to broaden under both Republican and Democratic administrations. That I might add the relationship in many ways is multidimensional. It has political, military, security economic and a people-to-people component. We have done quite a bit and accomplished quite a bit over the years. For one, we, the Saudi Arabia and the United States, worked very closely together to defeat global communism. Our troops fought side by side to expel the invading troops of Saddam Hussein from Kuwait in 1990-1991. More recently, our troops again fought side by side to expel the terrorist group ISIS from Syria and Iraq. Um, at the same time, there is, as, as, as I said, there's also a people-to-people component that I think, unfortunately, gets a little lost. And, may, and you know, part of my job is to is to shed light on that element of the relationship. So, as we speak, we have about 50,000 Saudi students studying in the United States. Now, they're all here, obviously, to attain an education, but at the same time, they have also all taken part from their studies and uh, to give back to their local communities. So they are contributing by working in uh, in uh, soup kitchens. They are volunteering to work at senior citizens. Some have actually even taken some time off from their studies to help 
American communities recover from natural disasters, for instance. That was the case a few years ago after Hurricane Harvey. So um, this, uh, these, these students are in some ways unofficial ambassadors. They treat Americans as an extended part of their family, and they treat the United States as a second home. Um, at the same time, there's, uh, I'm not sure the, the actual numbers of how many Americans uh, live in, in the kingdom, but I've seen at least 20,000. And obviously, uh, they've been living there, many of them, for, for many years. They treat uh, the kingdom as, as their second home, and they're treated, they're always welcome. We have a longstanding relationship between our two nations, but I think, as I said, also between our two people, that has been mutually beneficial to both countries. And I would say that not just to our two nations, but it's been good to for the uh, for the Middle East and for the international community overall. Very good. Well, now here come the more in-depth questions. I think, David, you have some questions pertaining to OPEC Plus. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, definitely. Um, uh, I've probably written 50,000 words about this agreement over the last three years, um, and, and we talk about it almost on a weekly basis uh, on our radio program, so you can imagine we're, we're curious to hear the kingdom's views of all of this. Um, so I, I think just as in order to set the stage and kind of review how we got to where we are, uh, talk, talk about who the participating nations are in the OPEC Plus agreement, and, and why was this uh, arrangement negotiated and formed up during 2017 to begin with? What, what was Saudi Arabia, OPEC, and the non-OPEC companies, what market conditions were they responding to? Right, so as I said, I mean, if you look back at the history of our energy policy, going back really 40 years, uh, it has been very, very consistent. We believe in free trade. We are fully, we realize and we embrace the fact that we live in a global economy. We understand that oil is a, obviously a global, a global commodity and that we, there's producers and there's consumers. We always have a long-term view to, uh, to really all of our policies, but certainly when it comes to oil. So that's why, as I said at the outset, we have always favored uh, the stability of markets and moderate prices, because I think that is good for the uh, you know for the long term long term stability, and it's good for both producers and and consumers um, in general. We obviously, contrary to what we have seen in the, in the press uh, recently, we certainly don't engage in any policies to damage other economies or sectors of other economies, and certainly not the United States. In fact, the United States is our most important strategic partner and ally in the world that is also our second biggest uh, trading partner. So in many ways, what is good for the U.S. economy is good for Saudi Arabia and vice versa. And we, the, the kingdom has really played the, the leading role in, in not just bringing this historic agreement back in April, but we spearheaded the initial agreement back in 2017 between this, this OPEC plus group. Uh, I mean, the, the, obviously, the main player in OPEC Plus is Russia. Russia is the second biggest producer of oil around the world, and obviously its production makes a huge difference. And what we have seen, and it should be obvious to anyone who follows global energy markets, is that because of the fact that this is 
a globally traded commodity in a global uh, marketplace. Every single nation, whether you are a member of OPEC or OPEC Plus or even outside of both of those groups, every nation's production matters. Uh, and that's why, you know, as, as what we saw was you heard President uh, Trump on a number of occasions thank uh, Saudi Arabia and our leadership for this historic agreement because of the fact that we really went out of our way, not just in terms of the the cuts that we have made, we have made, as I said, at this point, 4.8 million barrels a day. That is, those cuts are actually more than the entire production of most countries around the world. So not only have we done yeah. that, but we have been, we have spearheaded this this in production, and has been, we have been the leader in bringing all these countries back to the table, Together. especially Russia, which plays a very important royal in, in international energy more. And Fahad, we have to go to break, but when we return, I want to get on the topic of Russia. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Fahad Nasser, who is the official spokesperson for the Embassy of Saudi Arabia, located in Washington, D.C. Bahad, thank you for giving us some historical background, the commitment that Saudi Arabia has to the United States. Let's talk a little bit about what happened, the collapse, the temporary collapse in March uh, 4th and 5th. And then I also want to get caught up with the current relationship that you guys have, Saudi Arabia, with Russia. And also, I know there's a lot of questions in here, but this OPEC deal is really important, I think, to everyone. Do you continue to see this will be a long-term type of commitment from Russia? Well, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of, uh, of the Russian government. Or What I can say is, obviously, Russia is an important player globally in energy markets. It was an important player um, in this agreement. We, um, there was uh, a phone call yesterday between our energy minister and his uh, Russian counterpart, where both nations committed uh, to the cuts. So I think that's a good sign. And what we have seen in uh, energy markets lately, what we have seen, there's been a reflection in the actual oil prices going up fairly uh, steadily over the past couple of weeks, and I think that's certainly a good indication of, uh, of hopefully it's a good indication of things to come, and I think uh, that is a credit, I think, in large part to the fact that, uh, you know, we, we did manage to conclude this historic agreement back in April. Uh, over the first couple of years of the OPEC Plus deal, it seemed to me that it was really, you, you talk about moderate oil prices, and it, it really seemed to us that that the agreement was really extraordinarily effective for the first year and a half that it was in place. 
and keeping the price for, for say, Brent between 60 and $70 a barrel. West Texas Intermediate, 5 to $8 lower than that. But it seemed to begin destabilizing as U.S. production ramped up very rapidly and, and that supply and demand curve began to separate again. So in your view, you know, now we have a new agreement. Uh, the, the first one lasted for about two years and three months before it kind of temporarily fell apart. You think the conditions are now there for this current OPEC plus agreement and, and alliance between all these countries to hang together for a longer period of time before we see similar dynamics come about? I think so, because I think the um, corona pandemic has really had, a, in, in cert, certainly certain cases, uh, a devastating impact on uh, on the global economy. Every single nation has uh, has suffered because of that. Uh, certainly, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the kingdom has had to make adjustments uh, because of that. That has not been good for our economy at all. Obviously, it has not been good for the United States economy. It has not been good for the Russian economy, from what I'm, I'm reading. So I think there's an incentive for uh, for all producers to to cooperate and to work closely to keep certainly to keep the, these commitments and possibly to increase them. Uh, incidentally, it wasn't just Saudi Arabia that announced that we would be making more cuts, but both Kuwait and the United Arab Emirates have also committed yes. to uh, more cuts beyond the commitments that they made on April 12th. So uh, I think these are all good signs. As I said, this is this is really a, a global commodity, a global market in every sense of the word. Every producer has to play a role, and uh, it does seem that there's a realization among producers that every country has has to stick to its commitment, and that this agreement will be good for the uh, long-term stability of the of the market, which benefits not just consumers, but obviously producers as well for the long term. Fahad, when we get back from break, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the exporting uh, into the United States and and get into that discussion. We do have to take a quick break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Welcome back to the All Patch Radio Show. I'm David Blackman with Kim Bellotto, and our guest today is Fahad Nasser, the official spokesperson for the Embassy of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in Washington. And before we uh, went to the break, we were talking about the OPEC Plus agreement, 
and I wanted to uh, now transition over to imports into the United States, and, and we have had numerous reports here over the last two to three weeks of a large number of tankers, uh, crude oil tankers, headed to the U.S. from Saudi Arabia, carrying uh, a load of somewhere, you know, the numbers vary between 43 to 50 million barrels of crude oil coming to the U.S. to be refined, which is a quite a quite a bit more than the, the kingdom imports into the U.S. normally. And that, that seems to have come from that period uh, during March and April when both Saudi Arabia and Russia had significantly increased your production uh, before the, the new OPEC Plus deal came together. And I, I wanted to get your view and the kingdom's view on why when, when U.S. producers today are struggling to find a refining home for their own crude production, why it's appropriate for this really very large volume of crude coming into the United States now from Saudi Arabia. And I wanted to give you a chance to, to address that question. Sure. So the shipments in question are actually in fulfillment of contracts with long-term U.S. customers that were concluded long ago. Uh, they are not looking for new customers. The uh, tankers will not be arriving to the U.S. market at the same time, contrary to some what we, I have seen in the, in the media, the journey to the United States takes anywhere between 45 and 60 days. So the shipments are actually for deliveries in, in May and June and uh, will be taking place over an extended period of time. Uh, at the same time, these exports will not have an impact on uh, storage levels in the United States, not at Cushing or anywhere else. Um, perhaps most importantly, it is important to note that the grade of Saudi oil is different from uh, U.S. shale oil, for instance. So uh, it is not competing with the shale producer. And um, going back to your initial question, the Saudi oil accounts for a, a fairly small proportion of U.S. consumption, um, just any, anywhere from 2.5 to a maximum of uh, 5%. Of, uh, of consumption here. So the, the oil that's coming in, as I said, is, is a fulfillment of uh, contracts with long-term U.S. customers. This is, this is not, they're not looking for uh, new customers. Fahad, let me ask you on messaging. What do you think the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, would like to send, if they would like to send a message to U.S. producers, because things got a little tense you know, a month back or so, on this goal about shared growth in the oil markets amongst all nations. Is there a message there from the kingdom? So the message is that we are all in this together. Uh, we are all facing an unprecedented pandemic. It is a pandemic in every sense of the word. Uh, we certainly have not experienced anything like it in almost 100 years for its part. Saudi Arabia is doing everything it can to stabilize energy markets, to stabilize energy prices, and uh, as I said, we have we have done that through the OPEC Plus agreement, and we're continuing to do that through going beyond our commitments. And uh, just with the announcement we made two days ago, and again that brings our cuts to 4.8 million barrels a day, 
Uh, and at the same time, I, I do have to emphasize what we are doing, what the kingdom is doing through the presidency of the G20, uh, with the convening of a number of meetings with the member states, with the pledging of, and the commitment that we have made of $500 million, million towards uh, you know, efforts that, that are working towards uh, working on, on, on vaccines and therapeutics and testing. These are very, very important things. Um, you know, this is, this is really all we can, we can do at, uh, at the moment. This is our main challenge. Uh, if we can learn to, to work together, not just the United States and Saudi Arabia, but the entire international community, because it really has impacted all of us. If we get all our resources together to help uh, stop, stop it from spreading, to help people who have it recover quickly, and ultimately, obviously, to develop a vaccine, that will go a long way towards not just helping shale producers in the United States. It will obviously help global energy markets. It will help the global economy uh, recover from this because it really has had a, a devastating impact on many, many sectors around the world, whether it's retail, tourism, travel, transportation, entertainment, obviously uh, food, restaurants. You know, people, we are just not living life the way we have in the past. Uh, hopefully, we're beginning to uh, to turn a corner, but it will take every each and every one of us to do our part, not just each and every nation, but on some level, each and every individual. Obviously, you know, we all have to, the kingdom has, has put measures in place inside Saudi Arabia to uh, stop corona from spreading, and we've been very successful doing that because we've taken some very stringent and early measures early on to make sure that the uh, virus doesn't spread. And so ultimately, it is incumbent upon each and every one of us to uh, follow the, uh, the guidance of uh, health authorities related to social distancing and uh, other measures to make sure that this thing uh, stops and doesn't spread anymore, so we can all go back to life as, as we once knew it. Bahad, I'm sorry, we are running out of time. We're going to go into break. When we return, we're going to get back on the subject. You're listening to End the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. I'm Tracy Bentley, the CEO President of the Permian Strategic Partnership, an alliance of 19 energy companies located in West Texas and Southeast New Mexico. For the first time in history, our companies have come together with one goal in mind, supporting our community. In 2019, our first full year of existence, we committed more than $30 million to support six major initiatives, built partnerships with dozens of community stakeholders, and helped secure an additional $1 billion in state and federal funding for roadway improvements in the Permian Basin. By partnering with local leaders, we will continue to work hard to make roads safer, improve schools, upgrade healthcare, increase affordable housing, and train the next generation of workers. Because we don't just work here, we live here and neighbors are supposed to help each other out. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 
471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm David Blackman with uh, Kim Bilotto, and our guest this week is Fahad Nizer from the Embassy of Saudi Arabia. Fahad, uh, just one more question about uh, the global reduction in pr- production. You, you re- referred to uh, an anticipation among the G20 nations and OPEC Plus of 19 million barrels a day reduction. And, I, and I'm sure that, that you and the kingdom recognize that America's antitrust laws literally prevent U.S. producers from forming together and coordinating a strategy of reducing production. However, that having been said, it's apparent to me that U.S. production has already dropped by at least 2 million barrels a day and is likely to fall by that much again by the end of 2020. But I I just wonder, in the context of that 19 million barrel per day reduction, what, what is the G20's view on how much of that is coming from the U.S. shale industry? Well, so our leadership has obviously uh, spoken with, uh, with uh, both President uh, Trump as well as uh, leaders in, in Congress uh, to speak, to, to find a way to, uh, to stabilize energy markets. Uh, in terms of, you know, how much the U.S., uh, will produce, I mean, will reduce its production. Obviously, um, you know, these conversations that ha- are happening at a, at a high level between our leaderships, I'm not privy to, uh, to those conversations. But what I can say, really what I can say is that, and what I've said earlier, is that, that, that the kingdom is not only sticking to its commitments, but it is going way beyond its commitments. And it is now, for June, will be reducing production by 4.8 million barrels a day, which is uh, not only the steepest cut of any of the OPEC Plus members, uh, it is also, I mean, that 4.8 million barrels is more than most oil-producing countries produce altogether. So uh, it's a very significant cut. We are doing everything we can to, uh, to stabilize markets and prices. Obviously, the United States is an important player uh, in this as well. It played an important role in uh, in concluding the OPEC Plus agreement, especially with its with its conversations with Mexico. So, um, as I said, I think every country has to every oil producing country has to play a role uh, in order for us to uh, to stabilize markets. But I think we are we are turning a corner, as is evidenced by the fact that prices have. Uh, Increased significantly, or uh, you know, not significantly, but appreciably, uh, at least over the past uh, couple of weeks. Very good. Well, Vahad, we know that we had you for longer than we should have. I'd like to thank you on behalf of David and myself for visiting us here on the show in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and hopefully we can have you back soon again talking a little bit more about OPEC Plus. Thank you again for being a guest on our show today. 
Thank you. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope that we can uh, continue this conversation another time. Thank you. Well, David, that was a great interview and uh, kind of exciting interview pertaining to being able to talk to you know someone official representing Saudi sure. Arabia. But I want to get your take because he had a lot of interesting things to say. My opinion, the coronavirus obviously has changed the whole global picture. Uh, and I think if anything, what I got a sense from him was we're all in this together and this pandemic has brought you know, what seems to be challenges globally into more an inner circle that uh, if we're, you know, we don't start figuring out that the coronavirus is a very important thing we've got to deal with and come together as nations, there won't be any of us left to worry about oil prices anyway. But some of the interesting things he was talking about, what was the most important discussion that you think you you got from him today? Because I have mine, but I want to see what yours is of his, some of his answers. yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I understood what he was saying. Uh, I was a little disappointed in the answer about the, the 20 tankers that are currently headed to the U.S. with what is, without doubt, a, a you know, a higher amount of crew than they normally ship over here to the United States. Uh, I do understand their long-term contract agreements. Everybody has those. But... At this point in time, the, uh, the other side of that is there's no denying it's it's a really bad look, okay? I, and it's got, gotten a lot of media attention. And it would have probably been good from a PR standpoint for the kingdom to, to decide to maybe turn some of those tankers around. But what's done is done. But overall, I thought I, I found it to be very forthcoming. I, you know, I know... He's limited on, on what he can say about certain things. But, you know, I, it was very interesting to me to to at least get the kingdoms and, and his assessment of the current situation and his viewpoint uh, on the long-term viability of the OPEC Plus agreement, I, I thought was also uh, pretty interesting as well. Do you kind of feel that, so Saudi Arabia seems to be like the linchpin, if you will, between the United States and Russia. Obviously, we're no doubt. enemies, yeah. and without them, there is nothing in between. And I I just wonder your thoughts on moving forward in 2021. Obviously, we've seen a reduction, a severe reduction twice in a matter of, what, five years. And both of them have been a flooding of the market. Uh, coming out of other countries that we have, you know, we really don't have any way of challenging that because they can do it. But I, do you think that there were any lessons learned that it doesn't benefit any country? And moving forward, you know, do you see that we'll be back here again in the future? Well, and 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 I'm not, this is no aspersion on, on Mr. Nazar, but I believe it's inevitable that the OPEC plus agreement will fall apart sometime in the future. Uh, Just because the whole nature of that agreement is Saudi Arabia, Russia, and all these other countries agreeing to limit their own production and their own exports. And in the meantime, there is no limitation on the growth of the U S shale industry. And that is a, a tension that creates tension between the U.S. Not, and not just Saudi Arabia and Russia, but all these other countries, and sooner or later, 
you're going to reach a point where some of the big players are tired of cutting their own production. And, and that's why my view is that it's incumbent on the U.S. industry and the regulators of the U.S. industry, including the Texas Railroad Commission, to take a long-term view of whether it makes sense for them to act to limit production in their states. Because when you look at where shale production is, it's in Texas, it's in New Mexico, it's in North Dakota, it's in Wyoming and Oklahoma. All these states have the ability to curtail production within their own states over a long period of time. And in order to stabilize that, that market over the long haul and provide some discipline to the industry itself that the industry can't, that's why I asked the question about our antitrust laws, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up to the regulators to do that. And so I, I just think it's inevitable, if, if nothing changes, it's inevitable that we'll have another crash three or four years from now. Okay. Well, and with that, another great show in the books. Thank you for joining us today. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.